before the podcast gets started, let's do an advertisement. Voodoo is a streaming service you can watch on all your favorite devices. Stream over 6,000 titles for free or choose from over 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema. Head over to voodoo.com slash villains to sign up and start watching today. That's V-U-D-U dot com slash villains. Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump in here real quick before we begin. The Ringer Studios, which is where we record all of our episodes of Villains, is based right in the middle of Hollywood. It is, on occasion, a really loud area. There's a lot going on. During this episode, you may hear some background noise, like a siren or a helicopter. A fucking helicopter flew past while we were recording. You can't plan for that. I just want to tell you ahead of time so you know what's going on. All right, let's get to the show. This is Villains. Each episode, I'll be joined by two guests to take a look at a different type of villain. We've done a high school movie villain, a revenge movie villain, an animated movie villain. Today, we're doing a horror movie villain, one of the most frightening, most terrifying, most unsettling horror movie villains that have ever been. Today, we're doing... What an excellent day for an exorcism. You'd like that? Intensely. But wouldn't that drive you out of Reagan? It would bring us together. You and Reagan. You and us. Reagan McNeil. That's Amy Nicholson. That's Monica Castillo. Two people who know that today is an excellent day for an exorcism. Let's go. We're going to do the plot of the movie first. Please feel free to add in anything that you like. This movie is uh, very scary. I do not like watching it. So I squinted through a lot of it while I was taking my notes. So the movie starts with Lancaster Marin, an old Catholic priest, out on a dig in Iraq. And while he's there, he finds a tiny statue thing of a demon named Pazuzu, which, okay. Do you know anything about Pazuzu? Do either of y'all know anything about Pazuzu? Besides worshiping him? No. Yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't. Distant cousin of Payman, right? Payman? From you hereditary. Is that oh, true? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just pretend like that's true because that sounded uh, smart. Anyway, he finds a little statue. Across the ocean, actress Chris McNeil is filming a new movie in Washington, D.C. She's living there while she's filming, so she has her 12-year-old daughter, Reagan, with her. And the two of them have what looks to be like a very good relationship. They're playful and they're open with one another and they just seem generally sweet and nice which is, I thought, a little surprising because she's a like a gigantic movie star, but she's still like very loving and tender. So that was cool. Uh, one day while down in the basement, Reagan's mom finds a Ouija board and Reagan tells her that she's been playing with it and that she's been in contact with an imaginary friend named Captain Howdy, which is like a sweet, cute name. But then Reagan uses the board to contact Captain Howdy and the little slider thing moves like... It moves in a very clear way that there's a there's something here. There's a ghost or something. And Reagan's mom is like, ha good one. And then she just goes on about her business. After that happens, Reagan starts doing a bunch of like very non-Reagan things. She starts cussing 
There's a bunch of these weird noises that may or may not be coming from her. She starts talking about like how her bed is shaking sometimes. Like a bunch of clues here. And still the mom is like, girl, stop playing. Like, you're being silly. Things just get worse and worse and worse. She interrupts a dinner party one night, tells one of the guests that he's going to die. Then she pees on the floor, which is extremely not proper dinner party behavior. I've been to a lot of dinner parties. I've not had this happen yet. Reagan's mom finally sees that the bed thing is like happening for real. She like sees the bed shaking. And that's when she realizes some very bad shit is happening. She takes Reagan to a bunch of doctors and psychiatrists and nobody can figure out what's wrong with her because her brain looks fine in all the scans. And one of the doctors, as like a sort of Hail Mary attempt, suggests that she get an exorcism. It's like, oh, maybe you're not religious, but maybe she's believing in this thing. And like, that could be enough to set it off. She might believe an exorcism could work. So they're like, not really believing an exorcism is real, but let's try it anyway. It's like psychosomatic. It's like exactly. homeo- homeopathy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just like, we'll fake her out. You're going to try to fake out Pazuzu is what, <laughs> 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 is what he's doing. So Reagan's mom arranges for a priest to come. She arranges for Father Karras to come, the younger priest. And he doesn't believe that it's a possession at first, but eventually enough crazy shit happens that he decides, you know what this is. He asks the church for permission to perform an exorcism and passively he's asking for help in performing it. The church brings in Father Merrick, the guy from earlier who found the statue, and they pair him up with him because he's already performed an exorcism successfully. So they go in there, they perform the exorcism on Reagan. It's like very this very gnarly thing. Merrick ends up dying in the process. Karis and like this desperate final attempt to save Reagan. I guess this is what you do with a demon. She, he just starts fucking punching her in the face. <laughs> and That's yell- the official term. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's yelling at the demon the to book. jump out of her and get in him. And the demon does. And as soon as Karis realizes that it's like in him, he fucking jumps out a window and kills himself, basically removing the spirit from Reagan. Is that, I, did we get everything? I feel like we did, but also we missed a lot. I think we got just about like the important parts, highlights. Yeah, yeah. Setting up Exorcist 2 when just all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the pea soup. What is the pea soup? Tell me the pea soup. That was part of the, I guess it, it kind of falls under it gets messy yeah. uh, part of uh, the when story. You're talking about when she's throwing up on everybody? Oh, yes. Ooh. I mean, that's definitely one of the the most striking things when I first saw that movie. It was just like, oh my God, what on earth is that? Mm-hmm. And it's just so disgusting. And I don't know. In my mind, I kind of made it more green than it actually is. Like I'm revisiting old clips. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just like, I'd imagine <laughs> it being even more gross right. over time. Yeah. See, I had the opposite experience. I knew it was pea soup before I ever saw it. I don't think I've ever had pea soup. Oh, pea soup is my favorite. And so knowing that watching this movie, I just realized actually in the rewatch for this that every time I've seen The Exorcist, I just thought that Reagan was deliberately spitting pea soup at people. Like they kept eating her pea soup. I forget that it's supposed to actually be some sort of mucus vomit because pea soup and Reagan are so tied together in my brain. Yeah. So I'm kind of bummed. Like it really changes everything trying to turn it back into mystery it's like Ghostbusters ooze. Yeah, yeah. How do you, Ectoplasm. How exactly, do you make yeah. pea soup? In my head, are you just like squishing a bunch of peas and like... Yeah, when two peas fall peas. in love <laughs> and have a baby, they get into a jacuzzi of broth. Okay. <laughs> and then you take an immersion blender and just like wow, tell them that love is not real. <laughs> that sounds gross. Is it delicious? Is it good? Are you... You bug, you guys are both screwing with me, right? Y'all have had pea soup. Mexicans no. don't eat pea soup. Cubans really? don't eat pea soup. See? Wow. Well, I am 
German Dutch and we eat a lot of pea soup and it's delicious. Like the official I German wish Dutch I, in fact, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here in my backpack. <laughs> Into the next category is called Four Interesting Things, or the next segment, rather. Four interesting things from the movie that either came up while I was rewatching it or while I was researching for it and blah, blah, blah. So the movie starts, as I mentioned earlier, with the scene of that excavation dig in Iraq. And it's a long scene. We don't hear any words in English until 12 minutes into the movie. Do either of you remember what the first words in the movie are and who it is that's speaking? No. Oh, that's a pop quiz. I missed that it. That is a pop quiz. <laughs> it's it's Chris. It's Reagan's mom. She's the first person that talks in the movie in English. She walks into the room. The window's open. She closes it. She sees Reagan laying in the bed where Reagan is going to spend most of the movie. And she gives her a little, a little kiss. And she's like, sure do love you, Reagan. And like, this is a very sweet moment before it gets really... Really wild. Interesting thing number two. Yeah, but wait, I love that that was the first line because that sets up her whole fight in the entire movie. She loves her daughter so much. Mm -hmm. That's also a hell of a transition, too, from like the beginning, like ominous, like uh, archaeological dig. We don't know what mythical thing we're going to bring up. And then sweet little home scene with mother and daughter. So this is one of the questions that I was hoping. I'm just going to. This is another interesting thing. Less an interesting thing, more of a question. But. I don't. I couldn't find an answer. I don't know. Maybe do either of y'all know this? So the movie starts with him, with them doing the dig. They find the the little statue of Pazuzu, and then it cuts immediately over to Washington D.C. where they're filming the movie, and we see Reagan, and that's the demon that possesses Reagan. Is is this Merrick's fault? Like, is it because he dug up that little thing, like it, a butterfly effect? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what this is? I've always wondered that. Like, does he trigger it, or is Reagan? more sensitive to things because she's like traumatized because her dad's being a jerk. I think in the sequel, they start getting into she has telepathy, which makes her more prone to demons. Uh -huh. But it's not like we see some scene like Raiders of the Larky, Raiders of Archeum style where they like, they move Pazuzu's statue over to the Smithsonian, which could make sense. Uh -huh. We don't have to, they, they never give us that plot point. Yeah, there's no like direct contact where like, oh, she like accidentally like touched it or something and now she's you know, contaminated or something. Yeah, although it could be interesting to take like a straw, like to draw the globe on an orange or something and then take mm. like a straw or a skewer and like put a dot see on the part of Iraq through. where they find Pazuzu and see like where it hits Washington, D.C. You could also draw it on a pea if you wanted. You could. <laughs> and be very precise. <laughs> interesting thing number three, one of the music producers in this movie, the guy, this guy's name, Jack Nietzsche, had an idea for an interesting way to record the sound that Reagan makes when she vomits. We were just talking about that. This was his idea. It was a really bad idea. He found uh, one day his girlfriend is sleeping face down on a couch. So he sets a microphone on the floor next to her and then fucking takes off running and he jumps and he lands with his knees on her back. <gasps> There's a noise I'm going to use for the vomit. That's a she, terrible idea. Wow. She broke up with him, right? I would assume so. See, be a that's a terrible way to get woken up. Well, yeah, like picture her going to see the premiere with her friends and being like, you hear that sound? That's me. <laughs> Here's why. And her friends being like, girl, you have to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> when I was never in, dating a sound guy. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was in college, my wife and I watched Blade. She had never seen Blade. It came out when I was in high school. I was like, oh my God, well, I was doing the thing where like, you got to watch this movie. 
And so we we turn it on and we're watching it in the front room and she falls asleep. But I'm watching the whole thing. I really like Blade. And the big fight scene at the end, I'm really fucking fired up. So I go to like turn the DVD player off and I look and it's like, I don't know, seven or eight feet between the TV and the couch. And I'm just like, I fucking ninja roll on the floor and jump up and karate chop her in the butt to like wake her up. And that was the first thing I thought of when I read this this thing. I was like, oh, that's like a dick move. And then I remembered, oh, I did something like that. But not knees in the back. Knees in the back is, is way worse. The last interesting thing, and I'm just in a... I'm just going to stick with this sort of vibe that we've got. I'm going to switch it up. The scene where they play with a Ouija board. Have mm-hmm. either of y'all ever played with a Ouija board before? I'm terrified. I won't touch You've one. You've never done one? Have I you ever done touch one? I think I did when I, like, in middle school. Like, yeah. kind of a that's day. The, that's the age. Yeah. yeah. And, like, oh, of course, that's a bunch of, like, girlfriends or whatever. Like, eee. And then nothing happened. And we're like, well, okay. And then we found something else to play with. <laughs> We did a Ouija board at my house. We had one. We got like a Toys R Us Ouija board or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it was like a like cardboard it's all kind plastic of yeah, plastic. Like, like a Ouija board by Mattel or something. Yes. Yeah, the devil is not particular about materials. <laughs> well, that's what we were sort of. I like to think he, he wants a little bit more quality. I don't know. <laughs> you need, it needs to at least be wooden. Yeah. We were playing with it at the house. It was me. It was my friend Miguel and my my sister. I've got three sisters. This is the one right underneath me. She's a year and a half younger. So my parents left and they're like, watch your sister. We're going to take the two younger ones. I was like, all right, cool. And we had the Ouija board and we were like, sis, you want to, you've been looking at it. I know you want to try it. She's like, I'm kind of scared. I said, no, it's fine. What's fine. You're going to be fine. We sat down to do it. And me and Miguel had already talked about it. We're like, we're going to move the thing. So we're like, oh, you're going to do the boy thing. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anybody here? And then we move it over to yes. And we're like, who do you want to get? And then we like S I S and she's freaking out and like starting to cry. She like runs in the room and we're like, oh my God, sis, I'm so sorry. Like, Come here. I like pull her out of the room. And as I pull her out of the room, Miguel goes in the room and he takes a Ouija board and he puts it on the fan, on her fan. And I'm like consoling her. And I'm like, sis, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Like, just go play in your room. It'll be fine. So she goes in there and she flips the switch to turn the light on and the fan starts moving. And the Ouija board comes floating down from the ceiling and she freaks out again. She goes, oh, the devil is going to get me. This is like this whole big thing. She's having a real breakdown, which I thought was fucking hilarious at the time. And I'm like, Miguel, we got to We got to like finish this off. So the plan then was like, he hides in the closet. I'm like, sis, the only way we can get rid of the devil is we have to like Ouija board him away. So I talk her into doing it again. We sit on her bed and I'm like, are you here? And and then I don't move it. I'm like, are you here? And I move it to yes. And I'm like, give us a sign. And Miguel just starts throwing shit out of the closet, like movie (laughs) style. So she's sitting on the bed. Mind you, she's like eight years old and the shit is just flying out. And I got in a lot of trouble for this. I can't believe you've never done a Ouija board. I'm going to get you a Ouija board. For Christmas, Amy. Okay, I'm going to get you seven gallons of pea soup. (laughs) (laughs) Best Christmas ever. This story is why I don't get near the occult. The occult just freaks me out. Like, I I know that logically touching a Ouija board doesn't mean you'll be haunted, but there's just that what if dot, dot, dot Mm -hmm. question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like once... um, for a project, I bought an ex-boyfriend of mine a Santeria candle at a shop like here in a, a East LA. Mm-hmm. And I went to a bunch of Santeria shops and I went and finally one felt like really special because it actually looked more like a drugstore. And the guy was really calm and legit and explaining things behind the counter. Like he seemed very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So about this like very glamorous, dramatic, took it in the back, wrote his name on a birth, on a thing and wrapped it all up, gave it to me, candle for my boyfriend for a New Year's present, ex-boyfriend. 
I'm saying like, have the best year ever. And when I parked in my driveway and opened up the backseat of my car, the candle rolled out and broke on the pavement. Oh, like that's instantly. how horror movies start. Yeah. And I called the Santeria shop and he was like, there's something after your boyfriend. You need to come back and get a bigger candle. Oh shit, they got serious quick. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't do it. And my boyfriend's life went insane and we broke up. And he's, so, is he whoa. dead? I don't know. Oh God. Let's just say I don't know. Oh, it's God. more glamorous than oh, I look at God. his Instagram every six months. And I'm like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> a little less dramatic. Candles and pea soup everywhere. Let's do some questions. First question. This is the one I always ask everybody. And this one fits really well here. I'm excited to talk about this one. Why is Reagan scary? And we should probably clarify here. We're going to talk about Reagan. I'm I'm referring to her like combined with Pazuzu. We're just going to, it's just going to be Reagan. Mm -hmm. But why is she so scary? This is a character that's lived on forever and will live on forever. Why, why, why? I think for me is that we kind of joked about it before, but it could happen to you. Like the idea that, you know, you could be normal and have a happy relationship with your parents and be fine. And then the next day you're like demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> oh, so you're putting yourself in the Reagan body. I'm guessing yeah. you as a parent are putting yourself in the mom that's body. What wanted, ah. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Because okay. the, the first time I watched this well, movie. Well, because I saw it when I was younger. Exactly. So I, I identified with her. It, to me, when I was a kid, wasn't that scary. We didn't go to church growing up. Mm. My family didn't. My mom is religious now, but it didn't happen until later in life. It was like not a thing. So to me, it was just like, oh, a girl in green face paint. And then I watch it now as an adult. And it's like, it's a whole nother situation because I've got kids now and I'm picturing looking mm. at my, I'm, like there's a scene when, when after she uses a restroom at the dinner party and... Chris takes Reagan and she puts her in the bathtub and she's like washing her with a sponge. And Reagan is sort of hunched over and just staring forward like this dead look in her face. And I'm picturing one of my kids doing this and knowing like if they're in this spot, there's nothing I can do really. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And if this was like not somebody who's related to you, if this like happened to one of y'all two, I walk in a room and I see this and I'm like, oh, good luck, Amy. Good luck, Monica. <laughs> I hope y'all get out okay. But like when it's your kid, you're trapped there. Yeah. There's no escape. They do this, this really great job of showing her outside of the room all the time. And she's just totally drained because yeah. she's absorbing all of this stuff. Like that to me was really, it's like situationally scary when you look at it that way. Yeah, because what's really surprising about The Exorcist when you go back and rewatch it is that like a full third of the movie is basically an episode of ER. Yeah. You know, mystery like, diagnosis, yeah. mystery diagnosis, because like the exorcism doesn't really start till about the end. You know, the last giant act. There's so many doctors, so many people just sort of mumbling, so many people telling the mom she doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. They're all being really calm and, and dispassionate. But all of the things they're doing to Reagan are like horrible. You know, they're putting her in these machines and they're giving her spinal taps and she's like screaming and shaking. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's awful. And you see the mom getting more hysterical as nobody is listening to her. I mean, this is a movie about like. Doctors telling a woman they don't know what's wrong with her daughter. So what's wrong with her? We still think the temporal lobe. Oh, what are you talking about, for Christ's sakes? Did you see her or not? She's acting like she's fucking out of her mind, psychotic, like a, what you, a split personality or... There haven't been more than a hundred authentic cases of so-called split personality, Mrs. McNeil. Now I know the temptation to leap to psychiatry 
But any reasonable psychiatrist would exhaust the somatic possibilities first. I was just thinking about that, like the the fact that doctors don't listen to female pain. And we're just, we're having that conversation now between, you know, the things that are going on with um, maternity ward deaths and things like that. It just, that this this is the horror movie version of that. Yeah, it absolutely is. And there's like these kind of, there's like these rituals in both worlds that I find really striking in The Exorcist, you know, like the rituals of the hospital and like the plates, they're the kind of like plates full of like all the surgical implements. The and uniforms. Then like the plates of the, yeah. Yeah, everything just feels very balanced. Like here's one world that fails, you know, mm-hmm. and then the exorcism world kind of fails too, honestly. They don't really exorcise her as much as they just like sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blood sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, they don't win exactly. Yeah. It's not a good feeling at the end. Let's do some categories. Let's do the first category. This one's called worst behavior. And what we have to do is we have to figure out between the three of us. What's the most villainous thing that Reagan does in The Exorcist? I've got some options for you. And if I miss any, throw them out there. Uh, the first one is is the most vulgar one. But it's when Reagan, when she was really like just off the cliff now, and she's got the crucifix, mm. and she's saying, let Jesus fuck you. And she's stabbing herself in the vagina with the cross over and over again. I can't imagine walking in and seeing that if you're the mom. Mm-mm. That's the first time the mom is like, yeesh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember she's like screaming and crying in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then she shoves her mom's face in there That's the yes. mom has blood all over That's it. the second one. That's the second option when she tells her mom to perform oral sex on her and shoves her face down there. And like clearly she made contact because the mom has yep. blood on the face. Option number three, when she smacks the mom, she like hits her good and hard. Big old black eye afterwards. Mm-hmm. Option number four, the head spinning around. I don't know if that's like a villainous thing, but that's like, that's heavy. We shouldn't mention that. Option number five. When, oh, when she tells, when she tells Father Karras, your mother's in here with us. And starts saying a bunch of mean things about that. When she vomits on the guy is another option. And also, I don't know if we, if we mention this or not, because they tell us it happens in the movie, but we don't know for sure. When she kills the guy, when yeah, she kills the director, say, you right, yeah. the murder, man. Okay, I was gonna, <laughs> pretty villainous. <laughs> but see, I don't, I like, I didn't realize when I watched it the first time, or that that had happened. I didn't even realize this time the guy's investigating the murder. I didn't realize until she says the words, "She killed him." Like, oh shit! Like that happens. Like now what? You know? Yeah, I love that the mom realizes that she kills Burke before she's willing to tell anybody else what happened Mm -hmm. at all. You know, the way she starts to sort of locking that door and and her like nervous fear that she's going to get her daughter arrested. Like I'm curious like where the cop movie would go from there if the cop knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Would she wind up in prison? No, she'd wind up in a psych ward. But yeah, I mean, I might go with as far as most evil. What's the thing? You got to pick one. Yeah, I mean, the court of law would say the murder, but I think (laughs) (laughs) the mom's bloody face just... To me, that is that is a thing you don't see in films. You don't. Unless it's precious, I think, is the only other one I can think of. Mm-hmm. And for a movie to have the absolute balls to go there, I'm just like, you you win. You just drop the mic on what freaks me out. Yeah. That was a gnarly, gnarly moment. Are you picking the same one, Monica? Yeah, I mean, it was like if I had an option to com- combine one and two, those are just like, because <laughs> okay, it's just like, thing. this is bad, and then this got worse, and I, I want to leave. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's time to go. <laughs> okay, that's an easy category then because I'm I'm just going to pick that exact 
same one. It's I mean, just hard to watch. All right, next category. This one is called Maybe She Had a Point. And I mean, honestly, this is an easy category when you're doing other villains, but I don't know how you do it with, with this one. Is there an argument you can make that justifies Reagan's actions in this movie? Literal devil's advocate. <laughs> like is that, that's the only thing you can do. Uh, let me let me change the question a bit then. If you're the mom, mm-hmm. the exorcism happens. It seems pretty clear after, after Merrick and Karis die, like, oh, Reagan's back to normal. Like her whole face changes. She's like a normal person again. Can you, what is that relationship like for the rest of their lives together? Let's assume that none of the other exorcist movies happen. They're just going from that point forward. Are you like, can you live in the house with that girl? Is that okay? Yeah, like what if when Reagan just starts acting out in normal teenage ways, are you going to wonder if she's acting out because she's slowly Mm -hmm. becoming possessed again? Because the possession happens so slowly. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not like, hello, she's possessed. Right. Yeah. So maybe she'd always wonder in the back of her head, like, is she staying out late to stay with her boyfriend and just yelling at me because she hates me in a normal way? Or is she actually possessed by Satan? Is she sleeping with the windows open because she's possessed by Satan? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and then also, like, I'm not a theologian, but I believe if a theologian was here, he would say we do need devils in the world. I just don't know if we need them in the body of a girl. Mm-hmm. But maybe we do. What if, I mean, if a devil that giant was or violent was in like a huge body, they probably would have killed a lot more people. Like if that devil actually, okay, I will well, be the devil's to say that the, the, the devil's not gone. He's just moved on to someone else. Exactly. Or like, what if that devil had actually possessed like a 250 pound muscular man who didn't live with his mom? Like nobody would have been taking care of him and he could have just been wrecking havoc. Why did he pick her? I don't know. Maybe. Because- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was a design flaw. Maybe he should have picked somebody without like a <laughs> Maybe, mom. maybe that was something Zuzu to- screwed that up. <laughs> Let's take a break from the podcast to record an advertisement. Voodoo is a streaming service you can watch on all your favorite devices, including smart TVs, Roku, Chromecast, iPhone, Android phone, or the web. You can stream over 6,000 titles for free, including classic and nostalgic movies and TV shows, or choose from over 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality. From the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema, free movies are refreshed monthly so it never gets old. And Voodoo is not a subscription service so there's no monthly fees. Watch free movies and TV or rent or buy only what you want. If you can think of a movie, it's on Voodoo. Voodoo is a good spot to go to if you're going to watch one of the movies before you listen to the episode of Villains. They have mostly everyone on there. They also have ones that we didn't get to during this first season. Superman Returns is on there. Texas Chainsaw is on there. Of course, Leatherface is an all-time great movie villain. Lake Placid, wonderful movie about an alligator. I don't remember if it's an alligator or a crocodile. Zodiac is on there. Cujo is on there. Bunch of great, great villains. We're doing The Exorcist, obviously, right now with Reagan. There's a similar movie in Spirit on there you can get called The Nun, which... I wouldn't necessarily say it's a good movie, but it's a movie that, <laughs> that they have on there. Anyway, Voodoo's cool. Head over to voodoo.com backslash villains to sign up and start watching today. That's V-U-D-U dot com slash villains. 
All right, let's get back to the podcast. Next category. This is the Jason Statham School for Rehabilitation. And we were already sort of hinting at this already, but like, can Reagan be rehabilitated fully? In the movie, they say she doesn't remember anything. I have to assume at some point she's going to be like, oh shit, she's going to wake up and remember being possessed. Or it's going to be in the news somewhere at some point. Or like friends of the family would say something, reference it. Like, how do you tell everyone to not talk about that thing? Because that's how they're going to talk about it. Yeah. Remember the time that she was possessed? Like, what? Hold on. Yo, remember that dinner party? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? Because there's that hint that it is still on the back of her head when she sees the priest as she's leaving, when she sees O'Malley. Yeah. Um, Like, she gets. Exactly. Yeah, she gives him a giant hug. Yeah. I mean, I like that it's a movie where the whole movie, in a way, is about can we rehabilitate the villain? You know, that's mm-hmm. the entire thrust of it. Like, what if we actually were consciously trying to heal villains in every other film? Right. Like, what if every other film is like, can we give Cruella de Vil enough hugs? <laughs> like, can we, like, everybody Exercise have to Cruella de <laughs> Have Okay, this is a, this will be a weird question, but I'm, I'm going to be 100% sincere when I ask this. But have either of you ever seen a ghost? No. You have not? To, num- to my knowledge. To my knowledge. <laughs> Maybe I'm not t- sensitive enough to see it. I don't think so. I used to live with a ghost hunter. Like, he was a cameraman oh, for Ghost Hunters this, International. This, this, You're this, getting all the stories. It went, like, hard left. Hard left. Yeah, and he spent three years. He was the best roommate because he was always on the road, like, um, <laughs> for three years, like, looking for ghosts around the world. He went to, like, 36 countries. Okay. And he could never commit to the fact that ghosts were real. Right. But he would say that there are things he can't explain and it would freak him out, but he wouldn't take the next step. Like he never got a ghost coming right up into his camera and saying, hello. Hello, I'm a ghost. But he was like, he didn't have the library scene in Ghostbusters. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, there are things that do not make sense. And I believe that. I mean, I would like to think that I would like to think there's ghosts. I always feel real dumb when I tell this story, but I'm pretty sure I saw a ghost. Really? This is 100% true. I don't want you. I'm like, this is not a joke. This is. Remember this music? This is a footnote music. When you hear it, it means I'm pulling away from the conversation that I'm having with Amy and Monica to talk directly to you about something. I'm doing it here because as you just heard, I'm about to get into a story about the time that I saw a ghost, which is true. That's a true thing. I really did see a ghost. I swear that I did. It's just that the story here ended up being way too long. So I'm going to cut it out. I'll include it in Tuesday's bonus Q&A episode. We don't need it here, though. All right, let's get back to the podcast. We're going to jump in right at the start of the next category. Next category. This is bonus footage. Is there a moment that we know for sure happened in the Exorcist universe that we don't get to see that you would like to see? You're shaking your head. Yes, I feel like you got one already, Amy. Well, because I have a, a favorite character in this movie, which is Carl, the put-upon German go. butler. Let's go. No. I love Carl, the put-upon <laughs> German butler. The guy who was like, there's no rats in the, in the, that guy. Yeah. Poor Carl lives Poor in Carl. his house and everybody is mad at him all the time for stuff he's not doing. <laughs> like, he, yeah, they, she accuses him of like lying about the fact that there's no rats. He gets yelled at for being a Nazi for a really long time by Burke, who ends up dying, like to the point they have to get into a fist fight about it. He's accused of like putting a crucifix on Reagan's bed. 
And yet he still wakes up every morning in that house. Like, I, I'm so curious about this movie from like poor old Carl's point of view. <laughs> Why didn't he quit? <laughs> right. Because I respect this about the movie that Ellen Burstyn, as Chris McNeil, the mom, gets like more and more stressed out, turns on everyone in the house. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times in this movie where people apologize to her and she only barely accepts it. They're like, oh, I'm sorry I you know, scared you. And she's like, you really should be. Yeah. She never says like, that's fine. Yeah. And so she's kind of a difficult woman to work for, understandably. But like every- so when has, the movie star like turns. <laughs> yeah. There's so many people in this house dealing with her and the kid at the same time. So many employees who don't have to love the kid and they're just also there. Mm-hmm. And I just find them fascinating. Also, I really am curious about like what, what Chris McNeil is telling her agent this whole time. About why she's not working. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Because like, that's got to be the biggest Hollywood line you've ever heard of. Probably like, my daughter (laughs) is like possessed by the devil. I can't do my ADR. Like retakes this (laughs) weekend. But like, whatever that movie is, I I respect that the script doesn't make some sort of fake showdown. Like if you don't show up for this day on set, you're Mm -hmm. done in this town, you know? Right. But still, I'm very curious about this side of his life because it's a choice to make her a huge actress. Mm-hmm. That they don't really do anything with. And I am I like that about it, but I'm also curious about it. Do you have a, a bonus footage thing that you would like to see from this movie? I guess this is kind of the series and maybe they've done something like this. Because in the Paranormal Activity, they did like go to a Mexican family and they have like that side of the story. Mm-hmm. But they're playing in the Catholic Church so much, but there's no... Hispanic family, to my knowledge, in the series, right? Mm-hmm. Is there? Uh, I stopped watching after okay. the first one. <laughs> I think that's enough for me. I don't think there is. I don't remember there being any. That's always a But safe. that's also like a, a different thing because then you have all these different cultural things going on. And yeah. there's, you know, things operate a little bit differently. It's so a, be interested in seeing like that. That's a safe bet to make of any movie series, though. You could just be like, there aren't any like Mexicans in this, right? Like Avengers. <laughs> Fucking 85 yeah. superheroes in Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any brown hair, brown eyes on any of fools. I have one <laughs> bonus thing that I was really curious about. I want to see the scene when they tell Merrick, hey, we got a possession here. Can you come to this? Like, does he get that news? And he's like, Oh shit, I think this is my fault. Or when he gets there and he realizes it's Pazuzu and he's like, is, I definitely did this. Like, I want to see him. We meet again. Getting that news. Yeah. 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 Cause what do you think about the fact that a lot of the big emotional scenes we don't see on purpose? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see Merrick die. He comes, like, he kicks out Karis. Karis comes back and he's dead. Yeah. Right. He's on the floor. Exactly. Or we don't see. Karis learning that his mom is dead. You know, the thing that like affects him yeah, so much. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Movie. But we see him dealing with it and getting drunk about it and crying about it. But the movie always takes away the big scene and shows us the third scene. Like mm-hmm. what would have happened afterwards. Yeah. And I, I think that's really smart plotting. Yeah. Because a movie that would be all the high notes and a kid vomiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it would take away from the main attraction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Next category. Wait, can I say one more oh, creepy thing? yes. <laughs> one more creepy thing I would just like to say, and this is just me being a creepy, I'm just going to be creepy. I would like to see more of Father Karras working out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not creepy. Oh, that's he's thirsty. in good shape. <laughs> I'm sorry. When he's jogging, when he's like boxing, I'm like, Karras. Yeah. I'll just take like five minutes of that as like an outro. Is he, is he like getting ready to fight the devil? Is that his thing or is he just, I just, he's I'm, exercising I'm his own guy. demons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's that's, what, that's what I take that. <laughs> This is overmatched, undermatched, or fair fight. And typically what we do here is we say, okay, we've been talking about the villain this whole time. Let's talk about the person opposite, which is usually, you know, the protagonist in the movie. 
I, but I think we're going to do the the mom here. Mm. Does she do as good of a job as the mom as Reagan is as Reagan? I think so. I mean, both the actress and the performance mm-hmm. and, and the character. Yeah. Because, you know, in so many ways, this is the mom's movie more than it is Reagan's. Right. You know, we're with her for yeah. the, most of the time that she's figuring out. It's like Reagan's locked away upstairs. And the mom's stubbornness in getting her daughter fixed is maybe the only thing in this movie as strong right. as Regan's will. Like mm-hmm. she does not give up. That moment when she's in the boardroom of doctors and she's like, 88 of y'all and you are not putting my daughter in a home. Right. There is this power in her mm-hmm. that never backs down. It looks like the type of disorder that's uh, rarely ever seen anymore except in primitive cultures. We, we call it uh, somnambuliform possession. Quite frankly, we... Really don't know much about it at all, except that it it starts with a conflict or a guilt, and it leads to the patient's delusions that his body has been invaded by some alien intelligence, a, a spirit, if you will. Look, I'm telling you again, and you better believe me, I am not going to lock her up in some goddamn asylum. Well, right? it's our and I don't care what you call it, I'm not putting her away. Well, I'm sorry. You're sorry, Jesus Christ, 88 doctors, and all you can tell me with all of your bullshit is... I am not a mom. I have a cat, and I can imagine I would probably run away. Like, I can't, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Right. I don't know if I would be as strong as that mother is to figure out a solution. Because you know what? Whatever the mother does, in the mother's plotting of this, it works. The yeah. exorcism doesn't work, but the mother gets it to work for right. herself. Mm. Well, the I think, well other it's dying. an interesting sort of distancing. Like she lets the professionals come and do the <laughs> unfortunate work. She uh, hires the right guys. Eventually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, what you were saying about the determination and like just the not giving up aspect of it. Because all I kept thinking was all the supernatural stuff. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think she stands much of a chance. (laughs) That bed was shaking her real bad. But then, you know, the fact that that she does stick around and that she does like fight for her kid, like that, that counts for so much. Yeah. Cause I can also picture a version of this movie where the mom is just like cowering in the corner and it's the priest who's like, I'll take care of this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more on him. He comes in earlier. He's doing the work earlier. Or the first sign of trouble. Here you go. Go to the, you know, white padded sale. Exactly. But the script takes so much time to make us clear of her determination before they're even allowed in the house. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. She's really, Ellen, Ellen Burson is really like, she does such a good job of, of playing it like at the right pitch at each moment. And you mentioned earlier, like she just gets more and more hysterical, but she's somehow able to, she's able to do two things. She's able to just be like totally fucking gone. Like mm-hmm. this is heartbreaking. I'm I'm barely keeping it together, but she's also able to like pull all the pieces in the place that need to be. Mm-hmm. I think that she actually does a better job than Linda Blair does as Reagan. I mean, Linda Blair has like a bunch of help here. She doesn't have to do all the voices. She's got all the makeup on. She's mm-hmm. like whatever. It's a bunch of sight gags with with Linda Blair. With Ellen, it's just like act, just act. Can you do this? It's true. And like think about what. That character, what Chris does when she comes into the bedroom and she sees it shaking, when she really sees the bed shaking mm-hmm. like that, she doesn't like scream and hide in the back. She jumps on, she on jumps the bed. She jumps on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to stop the bed from shaking. Yeah. That's a weird move. That is a, that is a weird move. <laughs> he was just getting her baby. She- <laughs> okay. Wait, but I need, a, I need a definitive answer. Is Ellen Burson as Chris better than Linda Blair as Reagan? Or are they the same? 
You know, I'm going to say yes, if only just to balance out the historical fact that we always talk about this as the Linda Blair show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you could forget Ellen's name. Like, I think you could forget it was Ellen Burstyn. You'd be like, oh, and the mom is great. Yeah. So just for the sake of getting her name more firmly in the register, (laughs) Ellen Burstyn. I can put a vote behind that. Yeah. All right. I'm with you, too. This was a... This was a movie where I watched it after I had seen Requiem for a Dream. I was like, oh, it's the mom from Requiem for... Like, I, let me look up your name. I don't know what your name is. She's really, really good. Yeah. Last category. This is my favorite one. It's called Regrets. Who makes the biggest mistake when dealing with, with Reagan? There are a lot of mistakes in this movie. Mm. A lot of them made by mom. I'm going to run through the list. I have six of them. If you've got one that you want to add in, then feel free to do that. Option number one, the biggest regret. This is when the mom first meets Captain Howdy. I feel like she should have done a little more investigating there. She should have, like, something is not right here. You need to investigate further. You, you, she just blew it off. Mm -hmm. You saw the thing move. You saw it wasn't touching the hands. That's a big mistake, I think. You should have known right here. We need to get, we need to do something here. Seventies parenting, you know. Is that all it was? It's like <laughs> yeah. fucking no seatbelts. We're smoking in the car. Yeah. Ouija boards are fine. Option number two, when Reagan tells her mom the first time that the bed is shaking, she's like giving you some big hints. Now you just saw the Ouija board happen. Now she's telling you her bed is shaking, and the mom is just like, eh, "It's fine, bed shake." Or whatever, or whatever. You're imagining that again. I feel like she should have investigated. Further, I honestly don't know what you do at this point, but like, let's try to, let's try to have you sleep in another room or something. Let's get the bed out of there. Come be in my room. I was going to say like, as a parent, just, just in case you get to be like, okay, well here, here's the side of a bed you can sleep on for yeah, tonight. Exactly. Yeah. Like come, come be with me. You're a little bit afraid. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. now we're in the era of nanny cams, but she didn't have that option. She did not. No. But just like, you know, invite her in the room with you. You're close. You're close with each other. And the girl had already told her, Reagan, it was already like, what's wrong with me? Like, the, she's struggling here. Yeah, throw, throw this her is a crisis line. moment. Yeah. The mistake that you just mentioned right now, when the bed is actually shaking and she just jumps on it, like, take her off the bed, I feel like is the move there. Not, the house is on fire. I'm not going to try to put the house out. I'm going to take you out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But she jumps on the bed. I think this is a big mistake. Option number four. Uh, this guy makes a mistake. The first doctor who goes in there before the priest, the one that she f- grabs in the dick, and she's like, you shouldn't know. something. Look at the face. Something's not right. Don't get close enough that you can get grabbed here. Option number five, Father Merrick for agreeing to show up. The old priest, he we uh, he's already done an exorcism before. They tell us that. They tell us that he almost died. During that one. And this was what, 50 years earlier or something. He was a young man at the time, but he still agreed to show up and then he died. That's got to be a big mistake there. And then option number six, this is going to be my pick, Father Harris, for telling the demon, come on inside. Come on inside, big boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the fatal mistake. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wonder watching it, like, we mentioned how much he was struggling with his mother passing. Was he just like ready to go? Mm. He saw this as an opportunity. Let me die like a hero. You know what I'm saying? Rather than drinking myself to death. These are the six options that I have. If you have another one, please. Yeah, mine is sort of like 6.5 or maybe 5.5. Throw it. Which is how, how he cannot keep calm when she goes after his mom. 
You know, like yeah. the whole, her whole attack on him is basically like your mom jokes or like your mom is burning in hell. Mm-hmm. And he cannot handle it. Like no. he, he cannot handle it. Mm-hmm. That's why he gets sent out. Yeah. That's why he gets sent out. Like he, she beats him in that one mental level and she does it like several times and he mm-hmm. never gets past it. And I feel like if he had kept it together, then he wouldn't have gotten kicked out of the room. And then whatever they were doing was sort of working. Right. So like Marin wouldn't have been alone. They should have never split up. I like that. Right? I'm yeah, like, he that's could have smart. kept his mom's stuff together. They you die when you split up. Do they? He, exactly. Does he still live? Does Merrick live if they if he doesn't fall for that trick? I would they think might. That's, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. Because they had kind of beat yeah. that round. They'd calmed her down. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your answer then. Five point five. Yeah, the like toughen up about your mom one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that one. Is there anything that Reagan could have done to like to prevent this from happening or to keep it from getting worse? No, like she's no. There's nothing the, that she can do. Right. That's the possession part. Yeah, she's out of control. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you this: What do you think about the fact that they all stop cleaning her up after a while? <laughs> You know, like that there's just the ancient blood and ancient vomit on her. Yeah. And they're not putting like chapstick on her face. I mean, <laughs> is it just you don't want to get that close to her? But she's you tied can. up. She's tied up, though. But like, yeah. Okay, wait, 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 here's another one. Okay. What do you think about like how when Karis comes in to check her out? He this puts, is just what I was going to say, but go ahead. All right. Oh, go ahead. I, well, let's see if you're reading my mind. Let's do a mental thing. Okay. Go, go for it. Wait, are I? you going to do the... Why didn't she just Pazuzu untie the stuff himself? No. Oh, like, you can't yeah. mind. Wow. Okay. I was going to say, why does he use fake holy water on her? I, I mean, I know that he's testing her, but then mm-hmm. why does it work? Because right. she is speaking backwards and the demon does think it's real. So I've never quite understood what that scene means. Right. Mm. Like, I, the, I think maybe that's like, hey, church isn't real. Mm, is that what that is? Ooh. It's a psych out just, of the psych out? Or did they just mess oh. up? Oh. Or was Pazuzu like he knows it's fake, but I'm gonna pretend like it's not. Right. right. That's what that's what I understood it to be. Yeah. It was like, okay. This is like game beats game, game on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna add that regret in. I think Pazuzu should have just untied himself and gone to town. Murder them all. Murder them all, Pazuzu. Damn. What are you? <laughs> everyone but Carl. Carl lives. <laughs> everyone but the Nazi. <laughs> now, he is did not go bowling with Goebbels. That is not fair. <laughs> You've been listening to Villains. I'm Shea Serrano. Thank you to my guests, Monica Castillo and Amy Nicholson, for joining me today. You can listen to Amy's podcast, Halloween Unmasked, on the Ringer Podcast Network. And you can find Monica talking about movies on Twitter at MCastMovies. Villains is a production of The Ringer. It's executive produced by Julia Lippman and produced by Kara Hart. Bobby Wagner is our researcher and engineer. Thank you to Daniel Birch for our theme music. And thank you to Rod Hamilton and Tiffany Seal for the music we played during the footnotes. Next week, the gangster movie villain. Now that the podcast is over, let's do one last advertisement. Don't forget to go check out the special rewatchables collection on Vudu, the streaming service you can watch on all your favorite devices, stream over 6,000 titles for free, or choose from 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality, from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema. Head over to voodoo.com villains to sign up and start watching today. 
That's V-U-D-U dot com slash villains.